what's up everybody my name's Tyler Dunn coming to you guys live and we're on Instagram and Facebook Instagram got paused but I'm gonna try to fix this up real quick and one sec oh man I forgot to go <laughs> I forgot to go on here and uh and copy the damn the goals and updates damn 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 hang on one sec updates it's 64. Yeah, one sec. I'm just trying to fix Instagram here. Um, put the website. Yeah, investments.com. Okay, here we go. We should be golden. All right, so <clears throat> we got the website up. Now, Real quick, we're going to go, uh, we're on episode 64 of Goals and Updates, and uh, we're going to be talking about two good topics today, and at the same time, I'm going to update you guys real quick in the beginning. So, uh, the two topics real quick, I'll give you the two topics before we get into this, but the two topics are going to be, don't follow the trends because they're cool, and know, know it all, win in life. Kind of said that weird. So, it's know it alls, win in life, all right? Now, real quick, we're going to go and um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of like what's going on in my life right now. It's, that's the goal here. That's why it's called goals and updates. I update you on my life. And then at the same time, I go over the, you know, and then we have the topics and then I go over done deal investments. So um, right now I'm in, I think a month, I think, it, I think now it's like a month and a half right now of work. And uh, it's all coming along pretty great. Um, like anything else, it takes time to change, adapt, and then keep going. And I pretty much have the, the the way they're trying to set up the system or the or the the basics of it. I pretty much have it locked in. My thing now is time. So now I got to pick up the speed, and I'm gonna end up. Um, we've been, I guess they call it uh, like ox time or whatever. And and you gotta basically it's they time your production. So you have to get. I think with me, I have to do like seven emails an hour or something like that. So I'm basically being timed on productive or production. And then um, I'll let you guys know after, you know, like the next episode or two on um, basically what's going on with that and then my progression with that. Because right now I'm still a little slow, but I understand when I read an email, I'm like, okay, I understand where this one's going, what's the procedure, which took me a long time. It was extremely <clears throat> frustrating for me, to be 100% honest with you. Extremely frustrating. And um, I, you know, I, I'm telling you, it, it, was, it was crazy. Hang on. Get some water in my system. So I um I finally figured that out. Now it's all about the production levels and time and everything. So it should be a lot better. I got um I used my health uh, benefits. So I get a um I get eye or not eye, it's uh dental, vision, and like medical. And I have, you know, the medical, you know, I obviously don't want to use unless I have to, but um I went and got um some new glasses ordered. So I'll let you guys, you know, you'll see them with the new glasses pretty soon, but Ordered some new glasses because I got some healthcare now, um, which is pretty, you know, that's pretty amazing too. Never had that, so that's pretty awesome. And I don't know, I'll let you guys know how that experience goes since I get the glasses and, and we'll see how it goes. The experience by itself was pretty cool, just having some money and I didn't have to pay like five, $400 for a pair of glasses, which is probably what it would have cost me without the medical um, or the healthcare. Um, and so that that's pretty cool. So... 
I don't think if I can update you guys on anything else. I'm not really getting anything crazy right now just because I'm still really new. And I guess because people take advantage of working there, they get benefits and then they leave. Um, you have to wait a big amount of time before, you know, with the company before you get like the major benefits. Like healthcare, I would consider a main benefit, but like 401ks, um, the tuition reimbursement, all that stuff, which is what I really, really need. I have to be with the company for uh, a certain amount of time. So I think with the 401k, it's uh, six months and then the tuition reimbursement's like a year. So I'll let you guys know how that is. I'll update you guys once I get, you know, obviously further in with my um, career working at uh, Cross Country Home Services. Now, um, the other update I wanted to do is I'm trying to get more interview people on here or co-hosts as I like to call them. And I'm trying to figure out a way I'm going to have to order a, it's called like a split. I think it's like a damn split test or split wire or something like that. It's uh, and it, what it'll do is it's a little adapter, which it'll split so I can get two headphones because the system I have only allows me to do one headphone jack. So I'm going to try to get a thing on Amazon, which is going to split it. And then I'm going to just go, I'm just going to go and buy another headset. I think it's like, I think the headset that I use right now is like 30 or 40 bucks. And they work pretty well. Like the ones I have on now are pretty pretty decent. So I'm thinking about getting an extra headphone, and or not head, uh, yeah headphones. And then um, from there, I'm just gonna try to get a lot more people on the on the goals and updates and start doing like co-hosting and interviews and well, I, I call them interviews, but they're really like five minute, ten minute interviews, and then we go into like actually co-hosting. That's that's how I like to do it. So I'm going to start getting a lot more people on here. I'm going to start probably like cold calling a lot of people that like I either from high school, middle school, um, old friends, friend, you know, new friends, people that I randomly just run into at like, let's say a bar or I randomly run into at work or I randomly run into someone who just seems like a very, very interesting person and outgoing that'll do pretty well on the, on the microphone. And then I got to set up the other microphone. So it's easier for people to come on here and then we'll have two microphones. So it's coming along. I'm going to try to build it up and then hopefully I can start getting some, um, I can start going on different platforms. So I really want to get on like SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere where I can store the episodes. So anyone could just come and watch them. And that's, that's the other me. That's, that's pretty important too, which is something that I need to work on. I need to do a little bit more investigating on how to set up a, I think you have to set up a, damn, what is it called? Like a, some, someone has to host them. You have to, I think like SoundCloud will do it. I think my friend said for like $10 or $12 a month, you can, you can use SoundCloud as a, uh, a hosting um, type platform. And then you could just put them on anything else like iTunes and, and YouTube and stuff like that. So, well, you probably minus YouTube. YouTube has its own kind of thing going on. But so I'm going to start working on that and then we'll, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where this takes me because uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to do these episodes and every single day it's kind of, you know, I, especially since now I'm in the rat, the rat race. And the reason I say rat race is because it's the, it's the common thing. Let me tune down this game real quick. It's, it's telling me. All right. So the rat race, I call it the rat race because once you're in the corporate world, the rat race is basically you're, you're kind of stuck doing what everyone wants to do. The nine to five, um, you're basically working for someone and, and all your time is consumed by that job. And that job might not be where you want to end up. Excuse me. You might want not to end up, end up at that at the end of that job for 27, 28 years, right? Like I'm working at a customer service job and or with a home war warranty company and I don't want to be there 
you know, my, my goal with that company is to stay there probably no longer than three, possibly four years. I mean, it just depends on like what happens because, you know, sometimes the plan doesn't always go according to plan. So sometimes you have to adapt and re re like reroute your destination or reroute the vision. And we'll see what happens after I get there. I just know I got to at least stay with this company for three years. And then um, from there, I got to figure out something else. Like I have ideas. I just got to, I got to strengthen the idea because I have a little bit of time to really like start thinking and planning and putting things together. Cause like I said, I have to stay with this company for three years and I can, and I have to keep on building my business, but at the same time, keep on building this podcast as well. And the podcast is, um, the podcast isn't really that hard. It's just the time factor. Cause they do play, um, you know, they, they do play a port, an important role of time because each episode takes about an hour. And then there's sometimes out, um, I've had a couple episodes where I went to like three hours with, with a co-host and I don't mind going over an hour. I actually just prefer the hour just because when I'm by myself, it's probably not as exciting as having a co-host or someone where I can keep on engaging with. And, uh, which by the way, the, the one with Fabrizio, I think is by far the biggest, um, view count that I've ever had. And I haven't looked at it. haven't recently looked at it now, but like the, like when it was up for only two days, we already had like a hundred views. I mean, I already had, uh, um, people commenting, which I had, I just, funny enough, I went to, um, I went on my lunch break today. And the funny thing was, uh, this, the one guy that used to go on the first couple episodes, um, went on there and commented that cause my, my language was foul or whatever. He didn't like it or something. And like gave me this whole big thing. But the thing is like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't censor myself when it comes to certain things because it's my show. Um, even though I'm, I'm trying to get an audience built and I'm trying to get things built to a certain degree, it's still, I still consider it my show and I have to stand out through other people. Cause there's tons of people doing the podcast. There's tons of people doing, um, different things like this, like, uh, online radio or podcasting. Podcasting is the tip, you know, the, the, I guess the proper term, but, um, so I got to stand out and I got to do my own thing. I can't go what everyone else is doing and I can't. I can't be like everyone else or I'm not going to stand out over the hundreds and, and 500 different, you know, thousands of people that are, are doing what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess he was offended by the cursing, but you know, like I like I, I told him in the comment, I, you know, I appreciate feedback because most people don't give me feedback. And whenever I ask for feedback, it's normally like, Oh, you're doing great. And I really like this. And, and people don't really criticize me to the point but sometimes I want my head to be ripped off. Like sometimes I want you guys to comment and be like, Hey, I really don't like this. Like you should do this or recommend doing something different because maybe you can see something on the other end that I can't see. And then I can enhance the, the podcast. All right. Cause you know, obviously it's my, my vision. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it together how I want it, you know, put it together and how I see it. But sometimes feedback is always good. Uh, I'd say probably like 90% of the time feedback is good. So if you guys want to write me a comment and just be like, Hey, like I've watched a couple of your episodes or I've watched this episode and you did this and maybe try to do this next time, or it would probably be awesome if you could talk about this or give me a topic or something, you know, um, I'm down for it. The, the only thing is like, he gave me, which I appreciate. He put the comment and they gave me the criticism, but he gave me criticism. That was like, I, I'm probably not going to, it wasn't really good criticism. Like in my, in my view, I mean, to him it was probably good, but to me, like, I didn't think it was that great. It was just like, you know, like watch the language or something. And 
uh, to me, <clears throat> you know, I don't like the reason I like I'll curse or something is just because it's a topic. Like this is what I was trying to explain to him. Like if it's a certain topic and I'm really into the topic and it's something that I feel it's really important. It's normally when that comes out. It's normally when I curse. And the, another thing too is when, um, it gets intense. So when it gets intense to a point where I'm talking about it is normally when that happens. Um, and that's, what's gonna, I don't know. It's just, it's just my personality. Like I'm not going to change that. Uh, it's just, it's just the way it's who I am. It's my personality and, and the way I am. But anyways, um, I'm trying to think I'm trying to get Fabrizio back on here. Cause, uh, Fabrizio is really good. Um, but you know, you gotta like politics. I think if you're gonna, which, you know, people do, I mean, it's a, it's a trendy thing right now, politics, but, um, he likes to, he tends to like to talk a lot about like, uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. So, um, I'll probably end up getting him back on the show for sure. I think actually this weekend I'm trying to get it with him. I think I planned for Saturday with him. So I'll let you guys, I'll tune you guys in for that. And then I'm trying to get, um, I got a call. I got a cold call of some people that I, that I have ideas for that I've mentioned the show to that I want to get them on. And then the other thing too is, um, I'm trying to get Dan, I'm trying to do something with this guy, uh, Daniel, who's from my Toastmasters. And that guy is probably one of the most powerful speakers I've, uh, I've come across in Toastmasters. He just did a speech yesterday cause I went and, um, he did one on like, uh, there's supposed to be more of like a comedy kind of, um, kind of skit and he, he killed it. I mean, uh, I, I personally think he's more geared towards motivation than he is comedy, but it was kind of cool to see him kind of push himself outside of his comfort zone and go down a, a different path that he probably normally wouldn't go down. Now, um, I'm telling you, I'm going to get this guy on, the, on either like goals and updates, or I'm going to start something with him on, a, on another kind of like channel. But I'm telling you, this guy will move audiences. Like, I, I, I don't know how he does it. But just when he speaks on a topic, it's 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 almost like he's speaking to your soul. And I, I don't I haven't gotten to that point yet. I don't know how I don't know how some people do that. And I don't know how um I don't really know how he's doing it. But I don't know. Maybe that's something I can bring up to him and, and we can talk about. But um, the other cool thing too that I'll update you guys on real quick is uh um I invested like I've said in a couple other updates. I invested in multifamily um, complexes. All right. And I did that through Grant Cardone's Cardone capital. And, you know, I had a couple of people come up to me and go, you know, I don't, I don't really think multifamily is a great niche. I, I think it's this. And most people like stocks. I don't like stocks. Um, I actually, you know, when I grew up when I was like 18 or seven, not 18, I'm going to say when I was, in, yeah, maybe 18 or 17, I was looking up, you know, what's the best way to invest. And of course, I came across stocks. Now, at age 18, when I invest the money into stocks, I was probably, you know, I only had, I think, I thought it was four. People are, um, people in my family said I started out with two, and I must have taken some savings and pushed it together for four to invest with the stockbroker, um, which was Drew. Now, to be 100% honest with you, I thought it was four that I started off with uh, that I inherited. Maybe it was two and I did take because I, I was a saver back then too. And, and by the way, I didn't have a lot of expenses or um, a lot of responsibility back then at age 18. So I was easily able to push a lot of cash to my savings. And, you know, it makes sense maybe that I took a couple grand or whatever and threw it together to make four and put it in the investment. But... Um, 
so anyways, I took that, put it in multifamily. And I, when I told people I did that, people were like, oh, like, why would you do that? Um, you know, I, I don't think people understood because multifamily is not a very, very well-known um, investment that a lot of people know about. It's really, the main people that know about multifamily are normally like really wealthy people that are trying to um, protect their cash, uh, make some type of passive income. And most people around my age or even like in their mid thirties, don't, aren't really thinking too hard about investing. Like most of them spend a lot of cash and, um, or they put a little bit into savings and they spend most of it and then they don't really invest. Or if they invest, they invest in stocks. It's one of the big things, either a 401k, which is stocks, or just bluntly going in doing their own stock trading or day trading, or just going to a stock broker and saying, hey, here's six, seven, eight grand, um, put it in some stocks and this is how I wanna play the game. And the investor would be like, all right, like I'll give you these, like these are the recommended stocks, you do this, right? So the, the point that I'm trying to make here is um, I wanted to confirm, because I know, I know for a fact it's a great investment. I 110% know, but I like to talk to other people on the outside and just ask people that have probably played the game before in different aspects that I'm trying to do already. It's just what you should be doing. You should be going and asking people um, who are already in it, you know, already doing it, have done it for years, their, um, their opinion on something that you're trying to do towards that item that they're doing. So this guy, Scott, who's at Toastmasters, did a speech and he was talking about um, how he, he became a stockbroker. I'm pretty sure he was talking about being a stockbroker because he was talking about a lot about stocks. And um, his, the name of his speech was uh, how, to lose, how to lose people, other people's money or something like that. And the point of the matter was he said he was always good at losing money. And then came time. It, it, was, it was supposed to be more of comedy and how like he became a stockbroker. But he ended up saying how he um, took, um, would use his own money and he would lose it. He was really good at losing it. And then he was like, you know, I have this theory like, all right, I'm going to go use other, pe other people's money and then that way I'm not taking much of a risk. So then he became a stockbroker, got people to um, invest with, with him and going into stocks and went through this whole big thing. But then he ended up talking about um, being a, because I, I think he is right now currently in the real estate space, but he's a landlord. So that means that he owns property and he's getting, he's, he's getting renters to rent his property that pay him every single month on rent. All right. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to go, I'm just going to ask him about his speech and then I'm going to try to ask him about real estate. Cause he's in the real estate space. Obviously he's obviously been doing it for a while. He talked about it through a speech. How he's done it for like 20 something years or whatever. Right. So I'm like, all right. So I go and talk to him after the speech. That's, that's the good thing about Toastmasters too, is um, there's a lot of business people there. There's, there's, and I'm telling you, like, there's not a lot of 23 year olds. It's me and this one girl, um, Kristen, um, that are actually like 23 that are there. We're like the, we're pretty close to like the youngest members there, like paid members. And, um, the other people there are normally like, you know, I want to say like upper thirties, like some of them are maybe in their lower fifties. Uh, there's a couple of people that are probably older than that. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make to you is that there's not a lot of young people there. So a lot of these people are already established. They've already had a couple of years and experience with different items and business like real estate. A lot of them are in real estate. A lot of them own their own businesses. Um, and 
the cool thing is you get to talk to them after because then you have different, we have like a, a five minute break in between. You can go and talk to the, the new people that come in. Um, you can go and then after someone does a speech, you can go and talk to them after the meeting, uh, which normally is what happens. You go around, you shake people's hands and you start talking to people and you, that's what I did with Scott. So Scott and he did a pretty great speech. Actually, he did an amazing speech. And um, at the end, I talked to him. I was like, hey, it was a great speech. And then he started talking to me. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, I have a question for you since you're in multifamily. And I said, um, I had money in stocks. I moved it into multifamily. And um, I said, uh, some people, you know, I, I truly believe in multifamily over the stock market because eventually it's going to crash. And he said, yeah. And he said, um, and he confirmed you know, multifamily is the best way to go. Cause he said, he's like, I prefer any real estate only for the fact that real estate, even if it crashes, like in the 2008 um, real estate market crash, it's always going to have to come back because it's in such high demand. Everyone needs a place to live. So he was telling me when I was talking to him after a speech, cause I really wanted to get his opinion on this multifamily um, idea. And he, and he's like, yeah, I, I would consider multifamily the best over the stock market just because um, someone always has to live somewhere and it's on land. So it's appreciating. Plus you're fighting inflation. Plus you're fighting this. So he basically confirmed the investment for me. All right. He confirmed the investment after I talked to him after his speech, because like I said, he's in, he's in real estate for 20, 20 years. And he, um, he also said, uh, I think in his speech, he also said that uh, he's a landlord. And I've heard someone else talk about him being a landlord. Because I was talking about multifamily. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you should go talk to Scott that's in Toastmasters. So I'm like, all right. Um, but I ended up talking to him, and he confirmed it. It's, it's, it's a done deal. It's confirmed. All right? I'm locked into it. I'll let you guys know. I think it's set on April is when they start doing the, the passive income and the distributions. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. Um, I don't, I think when you start off, you don't get that much. And then it starts building up over time because obviously he's got to pay off the debt on the, on the, the complex. So keep you guys updated on that. Now I'm going to talk about the two topics. The first topic we're going to talk about is don't follow the trends because they're cool. All right. Now this one, the reason I brought up this one and I thought about it is um, every single time I listen to the radio, uh, they play the most trendy rap songs. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself lately, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like Bitcoin. And um, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, after this example, but because um, something happened to me where I'm going to tell you about the Bitcoin situation. But the, the point that I'm trying to make here is um, I went on the radio and, and no matter where you go, they're always talking about the most trendy things. Okay. So rap will go into, so you go on the rap station or any music station, it's always the most trendy music in rap right? We'll just stick to rap because there's so many genres. But so let's say Drake's normally on the, the most trendy one because Drake's probably the most famous out of all the rappers. Like anyone knows Drake. You can go to any, probably almost any single country and be like, hey, do you know who Drake is? And they'll probably say, yeah, I know who Drake is. Your parents probably know who Drake is. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know how, I really don't know too much about Drake to understand how the hell the guy did it and how he got his name out there so much. I mean, I know he's, uh, he promotes himself well, but I, um, I don't know the history of Drake in the sense of like advertising and like how he's promoting and stuff like that. So I can't tell you how he's doing it a hundred percent. Um, but anyways, but most people, what they're going to do is they're going to tend to go to these trendy rap music. Okay. 
And I kind of said it kind of like, I kind of said that kind of stupid, but the point is they're going to start doing what everyone's doing on these rap tapes. And the reason why, like, the reason why I kind of faded away from the rap is, uh, you know, I really only, I only listen to Mac Miller for one, one good reason. Um, and I'm not saying I don't listen to like rap and like once in a while, but the reason I got away from it is because the message behind the music. And what I mean by that is mostly it's drugs. It's mostly gangs. It's mostly, um, it's mostly like, uh, you know, banging girls all day, every day, partying, getting messed up. Um, it's, it's something where the message is not the right message and everyone follows it. And then when everyone goes out to a club or someone goes out and does something or they're like, all right, it's the weekends. We got to go out and, and do this. Uh, we got to go get fucked up and we got to go drink and we got to go smoke weed and we got to go do this. It's wrong because of the, the message that they're receiving from the rap music. And that's my, gen the millennials are, are probably the big ones with the rap music. But, you know, this could be anything like your parents or your parents' generation, the baby boomers, um, anyone else could be following a trend from music. All right. Or following a trend from like the, the biggest celebrity from your parents' generation or something. Um, but the typical thing is people tend to go towards the trends. All right. And what I'm trying to tell you is don't do what the trends are telling you to do or don't go to a trend just because everyone's like, hey, like, look at this, this person or look at that. And I'm not saying you, you like you can't go and look at the trend or go look at what's going on because you kind of should know what's going on and you should tap into that trend. What I mean by tap into that trend is you need to go and tap into it and you need to go and figure out how to make money through the trend is my or market through the trend to make your money to that audience. That's what you should be looking at rather than just going blindly into the trend and, um, and not, not focusing on like the right reasons and get away from the wrong reasons of the trend. If that makes uh, if that makes 110%. Um, Cause when it came out, it, I don't know if it really came out right on the other end, but the point is you got to stop following the trends. The trends are what's going to kill you. And I don't mean like literally kill you. I just mean like they're going to kill your pockets. They're going to kill um, your hopes and dreams because you're going to get too lost in the trends. And the other thing too is like that's rap. Like I don't, I don't, I don't do the rap thing anymore. I don't do, um, or I don't follow rap rappers, I guess I should say anymore. Mac Miller was an exception only for the fact and Mac Miller wasn't even perfect either. Mac Miller started off and a lot of his songs were drug related songs. Um, the whole women thing. Uh, hey, hey, Daniela, what's up? I'm going to have to stop by the office. I stopped by and you guys weren't, I think it was um, you and Jen weren't there, but I'm going to stop by. I'll try to come in. Uh, I, well, tomorrow morning I'll try to come in early if you're there. But um, I was going to say, but yeah, I don't, um, I don't try to follow the trends. All right. I try to do, I try to make my own trends or I try to go and make something else. I try not to follow what everyone else is doing. And that's where it comes to like following the leader kind of thing where you don't want to follow what everyone else is doing. You want to stand out by doing the opposite. And it's, it's hard because most of these trends, like, uh, like sayings, like I know, like, uh, back in like middle school or high school, they used to do like these little sayings and it'd be like, one time it was cool to say stale if something wasn't, um, like, I think they said stale or something. And then you have like these other little trends of like wording and then it changes. Like I've heard someone at my work, my, uh, my office today, 
where um yeah i missed you guys too um but the the whole point is like i i completely heard this guy i don't know i say completely but I, I heard this guy say this one word and i didn't even like i don't even remember the word because it was like the weirdest word but hey when people call me when i'm trying to do this um damn i lost my turn to that but anyways the point is not to follow the trends that's what i'm trying to get at here don't follow the trends and the reason i say don't follow the trends is because you're gonna go in a direction where everyone else is going and you're not gonna make your own course of action and i'm trying to i'm gonna give you another thing with trends real quick let me think of um because i had it in my mind and then we started talking about rapping or like rappers and then i kind of lost the train of thought on like the other one that i wanted to go into but the other one let me think hang on the only thing i can think of right now is like like fortnite but i've talked about fortnite so many times i don't want to talk about fortnite again the only thing I could probably think of right now is, um, let me think. <laughs> and the crazy part too is like, like I'm live. So like maybe some people will come across this and be like, damn, yo, like uh, he wasn't prepared. But like I do a lot of this stuff live. So that's the hard part is like if I lose train of thought, I have to try to like get myself to keep going in order to come up with the thought. You know what I mean? So it's a little, it's, it is difficult. It's not, the, it's not the most easiest thing to do this. But um. Oh, Bitcoin. That's what it was. See, I told you, I just have to keep talking and then it, it pops in my mind. Um, so Bitcoin is another big one right now. Like they said when Bitcoin started, I think like, I mean, don't quote me on this. I don't know when Bitcoin started to be a hundred percent honest with you. I think it was like seven, maybe 10 years ago. I could be wrong, but it, it was a little while back. And when um, Bitcoin first came out, they said, oh, Bitcoin currency is going to be the new stock market, right? It's going to be the new um like thing that takes off and like dominates the stock market. I don't think that, I don't even think it came even close to that. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to do that with Bitcoin. And I know there's a lot of scams going on with Bitcoin. Uh, I heard a lot of things where people are going, they're buying um, the Bitcoin and then they're getting scammed out of the money and, the, and they lose everything. Um, I had, um, and the reason I'm talking about Bitcoin, by the way, is my one friend hit me up. Uh, Jeffrey, who I'm going to try to get Jeffrey funny enough on this show. Jeffrey's pretty cool. Uh, Jeff, and he's really knowledgeable, uh, really knowledgeable on real estate because he's a realtor. And um, uh, he tried to get me into this presentation. I went on there and it was like 30 minutes or whatever. And they were trying to pitch Bitcoin. Um, and everyone that they hire, and they're, they're trying to get references, basically. Like they get more Bitcoin, the more they get more references to sign up and stuff like that. So he's trying to make money off it, which... Um, I have nothing against that. I mean, that's perfectly cool and, and I support it. The The point that I was trying to make though is uh, he, he wanted, it was Bitcoin and I don't, I don't like Bitcoin at all. I don't go into the trends that are happening. I go with what I know is going to be guaranteed to work out. And uh, even though, like, like I say with multifamily, multifamily is probably like the one where um, I'd say about like almost 90%, maybe even 95% of the time you're going to make something back. You're not, you're not going to lose because it's more of a, it's more of a safer route. You're investing longer term and uh, depending on the investor, of course, but you know, I, I really, Grant Cardone is definitely someone that uh, I could easily say has helped me throughout my whole entire life has made me the person I probably, or has, I mean, I've always kind of been this person, but he's exposed 
more of like what I need to do and how to, how to react and how to go in the direction. And, um, I trust that guy probably like if that guy told me to take out, like, let's say like, I don't have a hundred grand on the spot just to throw, but the point of the matter is if like I did and he was like, Hey, take out a hundred grand and put it in, in Cardone capital. I definitely would do it. And the reason behind that is because like, I know he's not, I know he's not bullshitting, um, for a lack of words on the investment because the, I've looked into it. I've talked to people. I understand the difference of, um, of what's going on in the investment. And I know it's the only safe bet. And I know he got cracked in the face during the 20, uh, 2018 real estate market crash. And after that, he, he was like, you know, screw, screw this. Like I'm, I'm going to freaking go and, and make it massive, a massive hit on money because, uh, if something like this happens again, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to suffer from it again. Um, cause he's like, I'm not gonna be able to take, I'm probably not gonna be able to take the second blow of, a of a economical crash in the market. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I would bet my life basically that the guy's not bullshitting. All right. And that, and that's pretty heavy. Like that, I mean, that's coming pretty close to like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can top that. I'm going to be real with you. So the point is don't go with the trends. Okay. Don't go with what your friends are saying. Um, I have a, I have one friend that always goes with the trends and you know, I'm always like, you know, it's, you know, it's his fault. <laughs> He's going to get cracked in the face one of these days. And I'm just like, you know, it's whatever. Um, you know, and like, I don't, I probably should tell him sometimes when he, when he says something, but the, the problem is like, I know it's not gonna, you know, you ever have like one of those friends where, you know, even if you say something, it's just going to go the wrong direction. And even though uh, you want to help them out in the, in the most positive way you possibly can, uh, they're just, they're not going to understand what you're saying. They're, they're not going to care. They're not going to, well, not that they're not going to care, but they're not going to understand and they're not going to be willing to like do it. So you're kind of like almost like you're wasting time. Like you can't change someone that doesn't want to be changed. And I say that heavily all the time. Like you can't change someone that doesn't want to change because you're just wasting energy and time. And the, and the whole point is not to waste energy. But um, let me see if I can give you another one. But Bitcoin's a big one, all right? Um, I get things all the time on Instagram about Bitcoin and like, oh, like uh, you should definitely um, hit me up and we'll do Bitcoin or something, or you can go and invest this. And then I've talked to someone about Bitcoin before on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I don't do that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't go with the trends and I don't, I don't do the, the stock market and gambling. And I'm like, I go with things that I know that are going to work and that's multifamily. And then this one kid argued with me for like, I think like 30 minutes. And he was like, no man, like you do this. But, um, but the point is don't follow the trends. All right. If I can give you one thing, out of this whole entire episode, do something different than everyone else. Now the trends will come into your advantage. And this is where the trends actually benefit you if you can wake up and not do the trends. You'll stand out over everyone else because everyone's going to do those trends. So this is where I'm going to pick up speed real fast for you guys. You'll be able to outmaneuver, 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 there you go, <laughs> outmaneuver everybody else quick by the trends. Because what's going to happen is everyone's going to do the trend. So let's say the trend was to do Bitcoin. Everyone's going to put all their money in Bitcoin. You're going to go and do the safer, 
smarter route and let's say it's multifamily because I truly believe it is multifamily. You're going you're gonna to work your ass off. You're going to stack that cash. You're going to invest all that money into multifamily. And even though it's a long-term investment, even though it's probably going to take seven to 10 years for that money to grow and you got to, and it's passive income, by the way, like you're going to get paid every single month and you might not get paid a lot, but the reward will outweigh itself at the end. And everyone starts trying to go and get that, you know, get that, get rich fast kind of, kind of pace. Like I got to get rich fast and I got to invest all of my money in Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. And they get cracked in the face and your money's in a safe place. You know, you're going to end up winning, man. It's, it's the people that can stay in it the longest. And that's what I realized too, because anyone can easily make a lot of money in a fast, uh, fast amount of time, right? Like, um, it, you know, anyone could just basically sit on a corner and make a lot of money, uh, you know, beg, go and do whatever, make a start a business and maybe make a little bit of money fast for the year or maybe even two years. But the people that outplay the smarter way and the longer, long-term way rather than the short-term way will always outplay the faster people. Because they're looking at things long-term, they're looking at things in a smarter term, and they're looking at things in the sense of, um, um, they're looking out for like massive issues like an economical crash, which we are going to hit one. Uh, definitely in my lifetime, we'll see one. Um, and I know you're probably going to hear this a lot uh, from different different people, different influence, uh, influencers. Um, anyone that's in business is probably, or anyone that's majorly high in the business world is probably going to tell you we're going to hit an economical crash. And we definitely will. Now, people are going to debate if it's real estate again. People are going to debate if it's a stock market again. Um, I definitely do think the stock market will crash eventually for the fact that uh, we're at an all-time high on the peak of it. And eventually things that go up must come down is the saying. And um, with real, um, not real estate, with um, the stock market, that's what, that's what tends to happen. Once it gets to a peak, it drops and then it goes, starts slowly going back up to the peak. That's just the stock market. Now, um, plus like, you know, the real estate market crash again, I don't think it's going to do it anytime soon for a little while. I don't think that's the next one to go, but I don't even think the stock market is the next thing to kind of crash. Like it's going to happen. I don't know when I can't predict it. No one can predict it. Um, some people might come close to it, but they're not gonna be able to predict it on, you know, predict it, predict it, man, I'm really messing up these words, predict it, um, perfectly on the dot. But also to keep in mind is, um, I think college student loan debt or government student loans are going to be the next thing to crash. I think that's the next thing that crashes. And the reason I tell you that is because we're already at $1.3 trillion of student loan debt and people can't pay it back because they can't get jobs right after college. A lot of these kids are coming back and they can't find jobs and they can't start paying this debt back. So what they're doing is they're paying the bare, bare, moon, uh, bare bone minimum. Man, I'm really I'm messing up these words here. <laughs> but, um, the bare bone minimum, and uh, they're losing the money on it. Um, and I'm telling you, I really, I think that's the next thing that crashes. I, I think it's the college student loan debt. I really do. I don't think it's going to be the. I mean, the stock market, like I said, is definitely going to crash at some point. It's, it's just, it's just what it does. But I really think it's going to be the student loan debt, just because we're at 1.3 trillion on the student loan debt, and at the same time. Um, like I said, these college kids can't, they go and they get 40, 80,000, some of them even a hundred thousand dollars of debt and, um, student loan debts are the worst ones to have out of any other, out of any debt in the world that you can have 
student government loans are the worst ones to have, hands down, okay? Um, and these people can't pay them. Or they end up paying them for like massively long, like long-term um, commitment. Like the my the one lady that um that joined here, my my um my ex boss, uh, basically um when I was working with her, she was telling me that she's still paying her student loans, and I was like, damn, yeah. And like I think she said she had like about eighty thousand dollars of debt. I think she got her master's. Um, but the point of the matter is. Um, just try to be smart with what you're investing in. Like try to look into it, try to do the research. A lot of people just throw money into an investment and go, okay, I invested. You want to make sure that what you're putting your money into is actually a good investment. All right. Just don't throw money into like a stock market, um, account or, um, I wouldn't even say just throw your money in multifamily. Understand what multifamily is. Okay. I wouldn't even, or even real estate, like don't just go buy a home and then be like, okay, like hopefully it's a good investment. Like you want to, you want to know what's going on with the money. Okay. That's, that's the real OGs that, uh, that play the game, right? The real investors, the OGs of investing, they, they look into the investment and they understand what the investment is, what the risk is, what, um, you know, what they're, what they're, um, kind of, like, cause you can't really predict the returns all the time. Like you can get like an estimate but you can't really predict 100% like, all right, this is how much money I'm going to get back. Because you don't know. I mean, that's, that's the whole risk of investing. Like, you hope to get that amount back, right? But you just don't know. Like, something could happen and it, and it crashes. Like, you know, it happens. You're, you're risking money. That's why they call it an investment. You're risking. But anyways, uh, so the, that's how the trends can be at your advantage, right? Um, but try to not go with the trends, okay? And that doesn't mean you can't have fun and, like, go and do different things. My point across is just don't go blindly following people into trends. Don't, um, and, and use that to your advantage, by the way. Like I said, yeah, I mean, that's a big advantage for you because everyone's going to do the trend. Okay. Everyone's going to go into the trend, learn how to market to that trend and, and you, and you'll be wealthy, man. If you can tap into that, into that trend, man, you'll be wealthy because people will follow through with that trend. Um, so that's uh, don't follow the trends cause they're, they're cool. All right. Now the next one, we're going to be talking about is know-it-alls win in life. Now this one I'll be a, this one will probably be better than the the trend one because when I came up with the trend one it was more on the spot. I was just thinking to myself like um, I listened to a rap song or something and I was like, you know, a lot of people into rap and a little, I know a lot of my friends whenever I go to a party or something they're playing rap they're like oh this is the new like uh, like my one friend was like obsessed probably still is. But he's always like, oh, yeah, like, this is the new Drake or this is the new that. And, and I'm like, I've never heard this song. That song's, like, pretty good. And he's like, yeah, like, this is the new, like, the new song you just came out with or here's the album or whatever, right? And I'm like, all right, like, I didn't know that, but, I mean, the song's pretty good. Like, I like the song a lot, but I'm like, who really cares, right? Because I don't follow the trends. I don't, I don't do that shit. But anyways, um, so know-it-alls win in life. Now, the reason I came up with this one is because I am labeled as a know-it-all, all right? And I say that with a smile on my face. And the reason I say it with a smile on my face is because you should be a know-it-all. And the reason I'm saying you should be a know-it-all is because know-it-alls know-it-all. What does that mean? Know-it-alls know-it-all. What I mean by know-it-alls know-it-all, the know-it-all, all right, is the one trying to seek the answers. They're trying to find out the real answer. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple examples of my own life because I've had, I, I could probably pull a lot of examples for this one. I had a, um, 
I'll t I'm going to do one with my ex-girlfriend because these are some pretty good ones. And um, I have one – I'm trying to think with my mom because my mom calls me a know-it-all all the time. promise you that one. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would call me a know-it-all. But most of the time people call me a know-it-all because, like, I'll act like I know about it. The thing that you have to understand is a know-it-all will go 110% in to a debate, like let's say it's a debate or it's something that um, someone's talking about and you know it's 100% wrong, that person, the know-it-all, will go in 110% until you can prove that person wrong. Okay, so I'm going to give you some examples of uh, situations in my life. So there's, with my ex-girlfriend, my, my recently ex-girlfriend, uh, we were on very, very two opposite political points of views. Okay. She was very, very left-wing Democrat. I was very, very right-wing Republican. And we would go into debates, and the, um, you know, we'd go into the debates, and she would give me, let's say, a topic, okay? And the biggest one that I know would be, um, the biggest one that I could probably tell you is gun control, because gun control was... Uh, the gun control one was always the topic of the issue just because of the, you know, I lived down here in Coral Springs and the, par the not the Parkland, um, the Douglas High School is really close to my house. So around here, it's marketed very heavily, um, the MSD strong, okay? So there's a lot of like, a lot of people down here that are constantly thinking about guns, uh, school shootings, mass shootings. Um, so the gun debate down here in South Florida is very very um, it's it's a hot it's a hot topic right now just because of that. I don't mean like you know I don't mean any disrespect when I say hot topic. I just mean like hot topic in like the sense of um, it's the the issue that's very very um, popular down here to talk about. So it always comes back obviously to a political view on that. And um, the argument that I had with her was uh, she didn't believe that any she doesn't believe in guns in society. Okay. And which is to me is ridiculous. How do you not believe we shouldn't have any guns in society? Like she means like almost like world peace type of mind. And to me, I was like, you know, you don't even believe that the military or people that are fighting for the country or people that, you know, like um, police officers should have guns. And she's like, I really don't believe in that either. But she's like, I obviously know, like we have to have that. Like, okay, so there's a start. So you believe that the uh, officers or any, like, any person, I guess, and that would come back to government, by the way. So you believe the government should have weapons, okay? And I didn't think about this when I was debating her, but that's basically what she was saying. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I just believe that um, people that are trained should have weapons. So she's trying to say police officers, um, security officers, like anyone that, that was trained or someone that was a government official, like a military per, uh, personnel, um, police officer. And I was trying to say, well, you know, and, he, and here's where the debate got a little, a little dicey because I said, well, I understand what you're saying on that, but what about like, what about like people protecting themselves? She goes, oh, I don't believe that anyone should have a gun or I don't believe civilians should have a gun. And I said, why? And then she would say, I think she said, um, what's up, Sterling? Uh, so she would say something like, 
you know, I don't, I don't believe that anyone should just be able to go get a gun and defend themselves and um, all this stuff. Right. So I was like, all right, well, let's say, I was like, let's say someone robs us right now. Cause we were at our house. So I'm like, let's say someone robs us right now. What are you going to do? And, uh, and she goes, um, you know, I'm not going to do anything cause I'm pretty much fucked. And I was like, all right, that, I like that, like why like that doesn't make any sense. If someone came in here and was robbing your house with you in it and probably had a gun or had something that was going to probably try to harm you cuz they're probably not just going to blindly try to rob your house. They're going to probably have something on them. Uh, most likely, you know, maybe they don't, but they're not going to just come into your house and be like, "Oh, hey, like how's everything going?" Um it's pro- they're probably going to try to like do something to you, okay? Tie you up, make sure like you can't call the cops, do something, right? Um and so I was like, so what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm just going to basically cower. Like, I can't do anything. Now, her mom was in the room, okay? And her mom's like, I'm going to grab this knife. And I said, okay, but what if that guy has a gun? What are you going to do then? Oh, I have the knife. I'll, I'll, I'll get him. He's in the house. I said, well, um, I don't know if that's going to really work out if he has a gun and you have a knife. He has distance on you. It's not going to really work out too well. I was like, maybe if you can get close enough, you can stab him. But that's it. That's, I mean, like the odds are like nine out of 10 against you. And I was like, so what are you going to do? And most people say, call the cops. Okay. You call the cops. The guy's in the house. Guy has a gun. Guy has a knife. Uh, you're, you're hiding in the house, right? What are you going to do? You're calling, you're calling the cops with the guy in the, in the house, with the knife and the gun. All right. This is what I was telling her mom. Cause I think her mom's like, I'm going to grab the knife and call the cops. And I said, okay, takes about five on the average time scale, five minutes for them to get here. He definitely has enough time to do whatever the hell he wants to do in your house to you. Um, at the same time, you're calling the cops. So what are you going to do? And like, they were just like, yeah, that's what you do. You call the cops and you grab the knife. And I'm like, um, okay. It doesn't really make any sense, but okay. Like I understand your point of view. Like that's what you're trained to do is call the cops. Which I'm not telling you is the wrong thing to do. Like if you can call the cops, call the cops. But the point of the matter is they couldn't, they couldn't process the in-between. They couldn't process the information I was getting them where I'm like, it takes five minutes for the average uh, person that you call because it has to go, you have to call dispatch. Dispatch has to then go and call the nearest officer near you. And if you're lucky, if the officer is close enough, he'll get there within a, a short period of time. Then he has to drive to you, okay? Um, and they're not going to be like right at your doorstep. They're going to have to drive and they, they got to go from one caller to the next caller. So you have that time gap of time when they're calling the, the dispatch to the officer. Because you don't just call an officer, you call dispatch, right? The dispatch calls the officer, then that guy has to travel to the house. So that's where that time gap is coming from, that five minutes, okay? Um, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it could be less than five minutes depending on the situation, but I'm pretty sure the average time is five minutes. Now, um, I got called a know-it-all for that because I'm like, they're, you know, and they're, they're trying to debate me on it. And like, I got called a know-it-all. Oh, you're a know-it-all. The point of the matter is the reason they're calling me a know-it-all is because they didn't have anything to come back at me. That's why they're calling me a know-it-all. Now, if they would have had some facts to back up what they were saying and they really could back up what they were saying, I would have said, okay, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you have a point there. And if I couldn't back it up, I would then probably go and do some research and be like, all right, like maybe they are right because I can't back this up. That's what I mean by a know-it-all, okay? That's why the know-it-all wins. Now, I'm not saying that in that situation, 
I won because like the the whole gun debate thing, the um, gun control debate is completely, it's a massive, massive, um, there's a lot of things that go into that debate. It's not just one little thing of someone breaking in your house, right? It's massive things. You got mass shootings, you got um, people like uh, good law abiding a citizen, if they should own a weapon or not, if you should just leave it up to law enforcement. You have the debate of like, should we have semi assault rifles and just and keep the pistols? There's a whole big debate on it. But that's just a small thing that we're tackling on, right? So the point is, um, I, you know, I obviously beat them on that. And they'll tell you that I didn't. But the point is that they couldn't go any further because I basically, I knew a lot on guns and like the idea of like different things surrounding guns and calling the police and different things. So I got called a know-it-all because of that. Oh, you're a know-it-all. You think you know everything. Well, because I do know the knowledge that I know. I do know this stuff. Look it up. Okay? Um, so that, that's my thing. My, my argument is you got to be a know-it-all. And the reason why is, like, if you're not willing to stand up to certain people on knowledge that you have and things that, that you want, people are just going to tear right through you. And the know-it-all is going to find the answers. So let's say they came back with a better one, all right? Here's one that I'll give you where it was in reverse for me. And I, I think I said this on one of the other episodes. Back in high school, um, and I'm going to run over time on Facebook. Instagram is probably going to probably back out, but it's all good. I'm going to keep going on Facebook because I like Facebook platform anyways better. But um, there, I, so anyways, we're in high school. This is one that kind of backfired on me. And then later on, I figured out like the, like the, the real thing about it. Um, the other issue is, uh, and the reason I talk about like these issues, the, the political issues is just because like they're good ones, because when you're in a political debate, sometimes you can't, you don't know all this stuff and you get hit with like a different thing from someone else, like a different perspective. And you're like, damn, I never thought about it that way. So that's why, um, politics, like debating politics is kind of challenging at times. Cause you might think, you know, everything until someone else brings something up and you're like, damn, I never thought about that. Um, how can we talk about that? How, like what's the proper way to look at it in this perspective, right? Um, so the, the one that I can tell you where it backfired was um, – it didn't backfire. The reason I say backfired is because, like, I, I, I couldn't defend myself on the, on the topic. So I was like, all right, I got to go do some more research or I got to go and see what they're talking about and, and look it up, right? Um, so I went into – in high school, it was when, like, Obama was president and uh, Mick Romney – I think it was Mick Romney – and – I didn't, I didn't want to vote. I couldn't vote by the way at that time, but you know, obviously kids are kids are going to talk about stuff. Um, I didn't really like Obama's policies. I didn't really, um, I didn't want, I kind of wanted Mick Romney to win. Um, and I think that was when he was running for a second term. And I was like, dude, he didn't do anything his first term. Like, why, why are we voting for him? Pretty sure that was like when he was running the second term. And I was like, I don't, I don't know why we're, um, why we're doing like why we're why we're just voting for him or whatever because he's black but i'm like anyways uh we started talking about abortion right because abortion or pro-life or pro-choice is is a big one right that's the that's like i'd probably say gun control man it's kind of hard to weigh them out i'd say gun control and pro-choice and pro-life is the definitely the the biggest the biggest two topics here okay in the united states is the two biggest topics. And I was talking to her about the abortion and um, I was like, you know, I really don't believe in abortion um, at all. Like, I, I'm like, I don't believe in it. I don't think we should have it. 
I was like, um, there, there's proper ways to do it. You have giving it up for adoption. You have, um, you have giving it up for adoption, contraception, which is like doing, you know, you're being, you're, you're being safe before you get to that point of having a baby or becoming pregnant. And then you have, um, or keeping it, right? You can keep it and raise it and be a good parent. And, um, and they were like, well, what? A-? And then the one person that was talking to me was, um, my first ex-girlfriend, but b- before we were dating and she was like, well, what about rape? And I was like, I was like, I understand what you're saying with the rape, because I'm like, if someone gets raped, they obviously weren't like, they didn't just willingly have sex with someone. Right. So I understand what you're saying with rape, where that would, you know, why you would think that would be, um, acceptable in that case. Right. And I was like, you know, I don't really, and then in my head, I'm like, I don't really know how to like, I, I don't really have anything on that one. Like, I don't know how to come back at her. And I was like, but I still think it's kind of wrong. Like they could still give it up for adoption or whatever, you know, or keep it. I was like, I know they're probably not going to want to keep it, but they can give it up for adoption most likely. And she was like, she's like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of like fucked up. Like why, like, why would you force them to have the baby? Like they didn't, they didn't even want the baby in the first place. And I was like, like, damn, like she kind of, she kind of has a point. Like I, I like can't really, I, like, I don't know how to come back at this one. Like she kind of got me on this one. And then later on, I did a lot of research on it because I'm like, all right, like it comes up a lot because the rape thing's a big issue uh, for people on the left. They, they use the rape thing a lot. And I'm like, all right, like they're using this, but like, I gotta, I gotta know more. See, like, and this is where the know-it-all plays a big factor. Okay. Cause the know-it-all is going to look for the answers. I look for the answers. If you come up with something that sounds like freaking insane, and it sounds like you have stuff to back it up and it sounds like you know what you're talking about i'm gonna look it up and be like okay maybe maybe you're right you're probably right okay and if i definitely another thing too a note all if i don't know what i'm talking about i'm gonna tell you i don't know what i'm talking about okay um that's the big difference that i try to tell people is like i sound like i know everything but i don't know everything that's the first thing a know-it-all is too. A know-it-all will mention to you or tell you when you're talking about something, you know, I really don't know about this. I really don't know. I got to go get some more. I got to go get some more insight. I got to go look it up. I got to talk to more people about this issue. Um, that's the big difference between a know-it-all and someone that just, you know, just doesn't care. The know-it-all will tell you when he doesn't know anything. Okay. And uh, I've done that many times. I've been in debates where I'm like, uh, like the healthcare one was a big one. I talked to someone about healthcare and I'm like, I'm like, listen, like, I think I even did it on the podcast with um, Fabrizio and we were talking about healthcare. And I was like, I'm going to be real with you. I don't know a lot on healthcare. I was like, but I do know the big difference between the parties and where you really should align because it, it benefits everyone as a whole. But I'm like, I don't know too much about it. I know like little things about Obamacare, how they forced you on the plan. Um, and like at the end of the year that you'd have to pay a $300 fine if you didn't have Obamacare, which means he's forcing you. Cause most people don't have the 300 at the end of the, at the end of the day, most people live in paycheck to paycheck. They don't have the 300. They're like, screw it. I don't want to pay another 300 next, next term. I'm going to go to Obamacare. So he forced you on the plan. Right. Um, so I know little things, I know little things that were wrong and a little things that maybe were right, but I don't know the big picture. So that's what I tell people when I debate on it. I'm like, I don't know everything on healthcare. It's one of the issues that I really need to go and look up more when I have a little bit of time 
And, um, you know, I'm sitting in my room at night or whatever and like reading. And after I read, I can go watch a video on that or something. But the, the point is I'll tell you when I don't know what's going on. Okay. Now, um, uh, so speaking on that on the abortion one, right, when she told me about rape, I ended up later on looking stuff up. Okay. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not just going to take these people's word for it. Like, and that's one thing I really recommend. Don't just take, don't just listen to one person, get different perspectives on things. Okay. So if I wanted to go get a bank loan or I wanted to go get, um, a car, I wouldn't just go to one dealership. I wouldn't just go to one bank for a mortgage. I wouldn't just go to one place for a quote. I would go to multiple different places to see what multiple people are saying on the same thing, right? It's the same thing with politics. And this is where it gets frustrating because most people listen to one source, right? Most people listen to one source and they just take the word from that person. Sorry for the, I don't know if you guys hear the Bob when it pops, but I'm trying to fix it. Cause you know, I get, I get, when I get, and I get into these topics, I get passionate. Um, but the, the point that I'm trying to say is I did more research and I found out that um, they use rape a lot, right? The left or Democrats. They use the rape issue a lot. And what I ended up finding out was that it's not, even though it's an issue, like no one's downplaying, no one's saying like, no one's saying rape is, is good or rape, you know, everyone knows rape is bad. All right. That's a, another whole issue we can talk about in a whole nother thing. But the whole point is the, the rape issue that they use is like a fraction, like a quarter of the whole entire abortion issue is a quarter of like the people that are going in there to get abortions. More than half of the people that are going into the clinics to get abortions are regular people, excuse me, are regular people that are just abusing the system on it. They're just... They just, they don't give a, they don't care. They're just like, I could just go get an abortion. Like, I, you know, we don't have to use protection. We don't have to do this. You know, it's easily accessible for me. And now it's getting on demand. Like it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we'll just go get one if, if, if it comes down to it and I get pregnant, like who cares? That's most of the people that are going in there and doing that. Or there's people that are too scared to have the baby. And um, instead of, you know, instead of comforting the person and being like, hey, there's other ways to do this. Uh, you know, there's, there's better ways of like preserving life. Right. And the, and the, and the thing that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to not go off topic, but the thing that drives me crazy too, is this is the side that believes in climate change. Like we got to protect life. We got to go in, um, we got to go in and help and help the animals in the climate and go protect this species of endangered species and all this stuff. But they're not willing to protect the life that's in the womb of the mother. Okay, that's a that's a big one that I, you know, you have to dig deep into these things because I didn't have that back in, in those times. I didn't know too much about the Democratic Party. I didn't know all this stuff. So I didn't have a comeback when she said the rape issue. Okay, so that was, I was like, all right, I, I don't know enough. I need to go and research this. That's the know-it-all that kicks in. I need to go and research more of this. And I went and researched and I found more stuff. And when people tell me that, because I'm telling you, like, I have this debate sometimes and people tell me and I'm like, look, man, like, it's a quarter of what they're like, what people even go in for abortions. It's a quarter of it. Okay. It's, it's, it's like almost like, like, I don't know. I don't have a specific number for you, but it's like, it's, it's a quarter of it. Like if you took the percentage, you had a percentage wheel 
and you put on um, abortions due to rape, it would be like five to ten percent, maybe even fifteen percent on there, which is which is like not even the whole entire the whole entire system. Most of the people going in there are just doing it because it's on demand. It's easy access. They don't they don't you know they're just doing it to to basically like get rid of the baby, like because they they didn't care in the beginning. Why would they care now? Kind of thing. Um, the issue is obviously a lot a lot more complicated than the one rape thing. Like that's that's one example of it, but um. So the point of the matter that I'm trying to go at is like, you got to be a know-it-all. Okay. That's the only way you're going to win in life. That's the only way you're going to win with anything. You need to go and be a know-it-all. You need to go and be like, okay, like if I'm wrong on this topic, why am I wrong? And start researching things. If, um, if I know that this is right, I shouldn't back down when someone's trying to tell me and convince me something that's wrong. I should go in and I should, I should defend the point that I'm at. Um, and, and most people cave cause they're like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this anymore because this person just doesn't understand. You're going to have that. Um, I'm telling you, especially with politics, especially with, uh, with, with certain people that have made up their minds. Um, there's not a lot of open-minded people where they can listen to a story and completely be open-minded and look at a perspective is what we were talking about on, on episode 60, uh, 62 with Fabrizio and put themselves in another person's shoes or, look at things in a 360 perspective an overall perspective and not just think in their own perspective. A, a lot of people can't do that. So, you know, you might come across someone and you might have to just go, you know, it, you know, I'm not going to take, I don't, I don't take your side, but in the end, you know, I know we're not going to, we're not going to really get past this. Like I appreciate the talk or whatever. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just decide to disagree on this one, but, but that's uh, you know, that's the know-it-all part. All right, so I would say that, and by the way, every successful millionaire, billionaire is a know-it-all because they're consuming content every single day. Like these people read massive amounts of books. These people go and they, and they research things they don't know. They want to know the answers, okay? Like these people are constantly taking in knowledge. And I'll give you an example of my own life where I'm constantly taking, I'm reading. Now, now believe me, I'm not reading every single night. Um, on books and stuff like that. I should be. My problem is like, there's too much stuff that's compressed together right now. It's too much stuff going on where, you know, I try to get it. I try to get it in when I can. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I'm constantly listening to motivational videos. I'm constantly listening. Um, before I started this, I was eating and I was listening to a speech by Jesse Itzler from the 10X Growth Conference. Um, I'm constantly listening to like Cardone University educational material. I go to college still. Okay, I'm at work and I'm constantly learning at work how to handle customers and do and do things. I'm constantly going, I'm going to go to the next thing. So right after college, now I'm going to go into home inspections and learn how to do proper home inspections and, and, and the codes. And I'm just jumping into the next thing. Then I'm going to go into uh, the real estate, um, what do you call it, real estate's license or realtor's license. That's going to go into the market, right? It's going to learn the market of, 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 the, of the real estate the market. I'm going to get, you know, learn how to, how to do more with the, um, can't think of the word. I'm going to learn how to like tap into more resources basically. So I'm constantly learning and that's why I get called the know-it-all because normally when people talk about certain things, I kind of already know the answer. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you, I don't know the answer. You'd say something that's really impressive. I'm like, damn, I never thought about it that way. I'll tell you, I'm not scared to tell you that I'm wrong. The problem is proving me wrong. 
Okay. And, and the reason I say that is because most people, most people can't um, prove me wrong. And I'm like, and that could just be because I'm talking to the wrong people. Okay. Um, and maybe that's your problem too. Maybe you're talking to the wrong people. Um, and trust me, I've ran into people that are way smarter than me. I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking a knowledge every single day. So that's, uh, the know it all wins in life. Okay. Real quick, I'm going to pitch you done deal investments and then I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up. It's going on nine o'clock, which is pretty insane. So real quick, I own a company called done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. And what it does is it's going to take, or it is, it is taking an investor and taking a, a distressed seller. So anyone that's can't sustain the property anymore. And what we're doing is we're taking the seller and putting it with the investor. So how this works real quick before I get into how, well, before I get into the three-step process, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you the situations where this is going to work for those people. So this will work for anyone that's um, has liens on their property. Uh, they're going into pre-foreclosure where the bank's going to seize their house because they're, they're behind on payments. It'll work for job transfers. It'll work for houses that are inherited. It'll work for um, if you're behind a little bit on back taxes. It'll work for anyone that just wants to sell the house extremely quick as is for cash. Okay. Maybe you can't sell it on the real estate uh, with a realtor on the real estate market. Um, or the MLS because you know, your house is too kind of like, it's too much damage and it's going to take too much capital to like rebuild it. That's where this would be the perfect thing for you with done deal investments. Cause we'll, what we'll do is it's called the three step process to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact me, whether it's email, phone, um, social media, uh, the website, um, and all that information is on the side. So if you go to if you if you go to the actual description on this video, it's all there. The website, the email, the phone number, everything. Social media outlets, um, everything is there. You got to contact me somehow. I prefer the phone just so we can get through the questions faster and it's easier. And I'm just going to ask you basic questions on the property, and then um, and that just gets me a better understanding of the financial situation that you're in that I have to get you out of, and at the same time, like what the condition of your house is. From there, we're going to step two. Now, step two, we have to schedule an appointment for me to come to your property. And I'm going to bring a checklist and I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures on the outside of your property. Now, the reason I'm taking pictures is so when I go and look for an investor to um, sign up for sign up on the deal, it I don't want all these people coming to your house. So I need to be able to send them quick pictures and be like, hey, this is what the property looks like. And uh, here's what it's going to take to be to put it into mint condition to get full market value for this property. Okay, that's where that estimate sheet comes in. Because I'm going to mark down: you have uh, mold, you have um, your roof needs to be replaced. We got to do this. We got to replace the floors. We got to, you know, everything. We got to, you know, you got to re-diamond bright your pool or something. Anything that's going to cost an expense to the investor, I need to report to the investor. Now, from there, what's going to happen is I'll find you the investor. I'm going to do some, I'm going to um, do what we call running comps and I'm going to run the closest houses to your, to your, um, hang on, let me fix this. I'm going to run the, the three closest houses to your home. And what that's going to do is it's going to give me the average price. From the average price, we're just going to deduct what it's going to take to, you know, all the expenses that's going to cost to the investor. And then from there, we're going to go in, I'm going to negotiate with you and we'll be like, all right, 
um, this is what you need on the policies and this is what you need in order to get, you know, you gotta get three, three more weeks to go find a house, whatever you need, this is how much cash we're going to give you. Once it's, once you sign the contract, we agree to an agree, you know, the contract, and then I'm going to get the investor onto the contract. And what's going to happen is the investor is going to take ownership of the property. Um, he's going to go and flip the home. So he's going to invest some capital and he's going to try to get a profit back out of it. You're going to walk away with cash where you're going to be able to go find another property where you, um, you can, you can actually afford and you can, you, and this isn't going to affect your credit. So most of the time <clears throat> what happens is, uh, people go into a mortgage and they're behind, they can't pay it anymore. They're going to, they're getting threatened by the bank because most people go and get a mortgage from the bank and they're like, they're like, Oh man, it's going to destroy my credit. And it's going to take a long time to rebuild this one back. Um, this is how you can save your credit too, by the way, save your credit um, like save you from the embarrassment of like getting your house repossessed. Uh, and you know, and you walk away with cash and you can go find another place. And I have the resources where I can go give you a, a good realtor. I can go give you a home inspector. I can go and do anything you need me to do. So it's called done deal investments where the deal is already done because I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to help you out 110% on this, on, on, um, whatever we agree to. Now, What's going to happen is, um, so you'll go do that, and then done deal investments will obviously make a, a commission fee off of it because I'm putting the deal together. Um, and the investor, the cool thing is the investor is going to pay done deal investments. You're not going to pay me. So you don't have to worry about, um, oh, man, I got to give money to done deal investments. It's all paid by from the investor, which is the coolest part about the whole entire thing. So that's, that's what's going to happen. So that's done deal investments, LLC, where the deal's already done. Um, if you have any questions, if you know anyone that's struggling with their property and needs a little bit extra help, uh, whether it's like pre-foreclosure, liens on the property, behind on back taxes, um, I'm trying to think what else. They inherited a house. They, for some reason, you know, they got a job transfer and they have to sell the house really fast. For whatever reason where they have to sell something really fast, the house itself really fast for cash, uh, quick. I can definitely help them 110%. So have them reach out to me. All the information's on the right. Just have them reach out to Dundeal Investments LLC. And then um, I think I'm going to wrap this up right now. So, so this has been episode 64 of Goals and Updates. And, uh, you know, have any questions, reach out to me, whether it's uh, criticism for goals and updates, whether it's, you know, it's something with Dundeal Investments, whether it's just you want to meet up, you want to, maybe you want to come on the show. You want to come on the show, I'll get you on the show. So hit me up. And then um, we'll work something out. Uh, have a great one. Peace.